I was recently reminded of my other life that I used to have back in the day when I used to play baseball. And I was a decent ball player, a decent hitter, until I met a guy one time that could throw a knuckleball. <laughs> and I'm telling you, in the early leagues, you could find somebody that can occasionally throw a curveball. But a younger person like that to kind of master the knuckleball was a rare thing. But as you know, baseball is predicated on precision and predictability, and some could throw a curveball, and it falls, follows a certain pattern. And you get the hang of it, and you can still hit it. But sometimes when you face a knuckleballer, you never know which way the ball's going to go. It just kind of bobs around in the air. The pitcher doesn't even know where it's going to go. The catcher can't figure out how it's going to break, and neither can the batter. And you know, sometimes life throws you a curveball, but sometimes it's worse than that. And when life seems to dish out a knuckleball in your life, it's like kind of eating jello with chopsticks. <laughs> I have found something very profound in life, and I'm sure you have as well. Life is difficult. Life sometimes can just be very hard. And the fact is, life doesn't always cooperate with my plans. I can tell you that. In fact, my plans rarely turn out like I have envisioned it. None of us here today probably envision going through a pandemic. We wouldn't have done it the way that uh, some have done it. We would do it a different way. But you know what? What do you do when things fail and people disappoint and your plans go awry and everything seems to be disintegrating around you. Even sometimes the things that you pray for, it doesn't appear that they're answered. And so after a major loss, after some significant problems and failures in life, what's a person to do? Now some people I find in life just crawl up in a ball and uh, take the blanket and cover their head and many just stop living and they just begin to kind of exist. But some keep going no matter what. Some people seem to have this incredible endurance, and it's kind of like the people that we have read from here today out of the gospel and out from the Old Testament. We think today of this guy known as Paul who went through some really scary times in his life as he journeyed his life through this world, think of the persecution that he endured, the people hurling insults, maybe stones at him, tossing him into jail, the earthquakes, think of the shipwreck. He endured all kinds of terrible things in this life, but he had this ability to keep going. He had this astonishing resiliency. And listen to these words that we find here in uh, here in the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed and broken. We are perplexed, but we don't give up and quit. We are hunted down, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get up again, and we keep going. Friends, today, you and I, as the church, as individual disciples, we need to keep going. We need to remain strong in our faith. 
grounding ourselves in God's word and being guided by his spirit. As A.W. Tozer said so long ago that a scared world needs a fearless church. And we need to do our part as disciples to stay strong and to really find this resiliency that Paul so eloquently spoke of. That even though we might feel broken, even though the world might collapse around us, that we still know who our God is. And God will see us through. And so where do you go when you find that kind of problem in your life? Where do you find the strength? How do you find the bravery you need to forge ahead? You say, well, pastor, I've just had too many hurts in my life, and I'm just going to build a wall around my life. Well, you know what? I found that when you build a wall around your life, it may keep some of the problems out, but you're going to keep the compassion out. You're going to keep the love out. You're going to keep the kinds of things that God wants you to learn through the trials and the circumstances of life. And this morning, we're going to really forge into a new series called Brave. I want to challenge you to stand up and to step out and to keep going for Jesus, even in the midst of all the challenges we face, all the difficulties that rear their ugly head, all of the threat of adversity. And today we're going to look at what you do when your world seems to be collapsing around you and you feel like giving up. I think the classic example of this is found in the Old Testament and the life of this guy that we just read a smidgen from here is the book of Job. Job, as you know, is the oldest book in the Bible and you know the story. He was the wealthiest man in the world. It seemed at the time he was so prominent, he was influential, had a great reputation and in a single 24-hour period, his world came toppling down. I mean, in the first place, it says that he lost his wealth, all of his flocks, his cattle, his goats, his sheep, his farm, his barns, everything up in a puff of smoke. I'm telling you, all of his children were murdered by terrorists the same day. And to top it all off, the same 24-hour period, he contracted some type of terrible disease, painful chronic ailment that was terminal. You think you've had a bad day. Here's a guy that is the epitome of pain and suffering. And often when I get into problems in life, I think of this guy, of Job. When you feel like giving up or you don't have energy to go on, when you're just about ready to surrender in your relationships or quit that job or resign from your dream, I believe we need to do what Job did. And if we do, we can make it through. And so here for just a moment, I want to give you some four really good spiritual life hacks, okay, if you will. Now, I'm not talking about the cheesy kind sometimes that people say they got this hack and it's not very good. But I want to give you some four really great skills that you need to have in your toolbox. You need to have as a disciple today when these problems come into your life of how you can handle it and how you can move forward. And so... Number one, you need to tell God. You know, you would think that most people would kind of get it at this point, and they would know to go to God in prayer. But I kid you not, so many people today seem to not really go before God with their heart, with their life, with their problems. We're told repeatedly that we need to cast our anxiety upon God because he cares for us. We know that we need to go to the Lord and pray without ceasing. 
And today, I'm here to tell you, you need to do exactly that when your world feels like it's crashing, when things keep tumbling down upon top of you. You need to go to God and express your feelings. Maybe you don't realize this, but when you trust God with your negative emotions, do you realize that's actually an act of worship? In the very first chapter here in Job chapter 1, look down in verse 20 that we read. Job stood up, tore his robe in grief, and shaved his head, and then he fell to the ground and he worshipped. I felt like ripping my clothes off a time or two as well, and I'm sure you have. But he's physically and visibly expressing his pain to God. And he stands up and he tears his robe. you got to be pretty angry and upset to do that, to tear your clothes off. And then he shaves his head. That's an act of humility. And he falls to the ground and he worships. You know, anytime you go through that kind of disappointment, there's those four basic emotions that you know we're all going to face. It's going to be shock and fear and grief and anger. And what do you do with them? The first thing you need to do is you need to tell God all about it. You don't suppress it. You don't repress it. You don't express it by beating the thunder out of something, but you confess it. And you tell God how ticked off you are and how you need God's help. He created you. He gave you your emotions. He understands all about it. And it's kind of like a two-year-old having a temper tantrum. You know, the parent knows how to handle it. God is bigger than your emotions, and it's okay to tell God how you feel. And the right response to unexplained tragedy in your life is to begin by telling God about it. And I know that some think that everything that goes on in their life, the best solution is just to praise God anyway. But that's really not being genuine, is it? It's really not being authentic. You know, I have three kids, and can you believe it? Sometimes they question my judgment. <laughs> but they've never doubted my love. And they've never questioned that I've gone around the block a few more times, had a few more birthdays than they have. And they've never doubted that I've had some experience, maybe more than they have. But sometimes they do question my wisdom. And you know, I'd rather have an honest gut level conversation with my kids than for them to just tuck tail and go off in apathy, go off and not talk to me. And the same is true with us. The Lord wants to hear from us. And when you go through these terrible times in life, you need to tell God all about it. A second thing you need to do is trash bitterness. Trash the bitterness, friends. Now, it's one thing to lose the baggage of bitterness and forgive your enemies, but it's another thing to do like the guy there that was... Uh, on his deathbed, the pastor went to see him. He knew this guy was really kind of a rough customer, if you know what I mean. And so he was really trying to get the guy to give his life to God. And he said, now, sir, have you forgiven all your enemies? And he said, well, I don't have any enemies. And he said, you mean a two-fisted battler like you went through life and you simply don't have any enemies? And he said, well, I shot them all. That's not what I'm talking about today. But when Job here lost everything in his life in this single 24-hour period, and he contracted this terrible illness at the same time, he said, you know what? The Lord gave me everything that I had, 
and they were his to take away in the first place. And blessed be the name of the Lord. He gives and he takes away. And Job said, I didn't bring anything into this world, not one thing, and I'm not taking anything out of this world into the next one, and whatever I have right now is from God. He gave all, and it's his to take away, and I'm not going to take it with me. You know, friends, grief is good, but bitterness is bad. And pain will not kill you, but I'm here to tell you today that bitterness will. Sorrow and grief will not harm you, but resentment will destroy your life. I have seen this repeatedly, and I plead with you today. Resentment only prolongs the pain, and it doesn't relieve, but it reinforces, and it makes things worse. And grief is a good thing. And we need to realize that God gave us this tool of grief to help us to move from one chapter of our lives to the next. And it's how you move from one painful loss into a positive. Uh, there is no growth without change. There is no change without loss. And there's no loss without pain and grief. And you're going to have pain in this life. We all should recognize that. For the rest of our life, we're going to have a challenge here and there. Hopefully not another pandemic, but you know what I mean. There's going to be loss. There's going to be issues. There's going to be problems in our life. And I found out that you've got to learn to grieve good. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. It's a good thing. The shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus' words. Jesus wept. John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus knows how to grieve. Grieve is a good thing. There's a proper time for everything in the book of Ecclesiastes. The Bible tells us there's a time for war, there's a time for peace, there's a time to be happy, a time to be sad, there's a time to celebrate, there's a time to mourn. There are seasons of grief in life. But you can't let a season of grief become a lifestyle of grief because that will destroy you. In other words, there's a difference between mourning and moaning. There's a difference between weeping and wallowing. And at some point, you have to let go, and you have to give it to God. Losses deepen you, but they don't define you either. And you are not your divorce. You are not your bankruptcy. You're not your disability. You're not your loss or your business failure or your difficulty. I mean, losses deepen you, but it doesn't define you. And that is our part of the maturation process. They're not your identity, and that's not really me. It's just something that happened to you. And it's so important today that, number one, you go to God. You tell God of all your problems. You express yourself to God, and you cast your anxieties upon the Lord. And a second one to it is to trash the bitterness out of your life, for it will destroy you. A third thing that you need to do in life then is to trust God. And I know sometimes this is hard, but we need to stop asking why sometimes because you're not going to find the answer anyway. The fact is, I believe that God always answers our prayers. It's just that we don't realize it. And I know sometimes we say God doesn't, uh, you know, answer with a yes, or sometimes there's a no, or sometimes there's a maybe. But I've often found in life, even weeks and months and years down the road, I had prayed about something, and all of a sudden I realized that God really answered that prayer. 
the door really opened, but it wasn't right before me. And God worked in my life in another way. Now, if you notice here in the book of Job, if you haven't read it recently, I encourage you to do so. But for the first 37 chapters, Job here is asking the question, why? 37 chapters, why in the world, God, is this happening to me? And he just like goes on and on asking, God, why are you allowing this to happen? Why is this taking place? How come I've got these borals? How come all of this is befallen upon me? And then all of a sudden in Job chapter 38, it stops. He stops asking the question and you know what? God starts asking the questions. I kid you not, for the next two chapters, if you go and read it, chapters 38 and 39, God barrages Job with the questions. He says things like, well, can you explain to me the law of gravity? Where were you when I made the universe? Do you understand why the sun is so hot? And just peppering the poor guy with all these questions. And for two chapters, God asked these questions. That's only obvious that God could answer. And Job realizes that. And he said, well, you know, I'm questioning God here, and I'm just a human. My knowledge is limited. I don't understand everything that's going on. I can't see it all. And you know what? If you could understand why all these things occur, you know, we would be God. For us, if you understand uh, that the ways of God in the world, it's kind of like an ant understanding how the internet works. I mean, no matter how hard the ant tries, the ant's not going to figure out how the internet works. And we don't have the capacity, we don't have the scope or the abilities to comprehend everything coming and going, but we can trust God. You need to tell God your problems. You need to trash the bitterness out of your life. You need to trust God. And a fourth thing you need to do today is to take courage. And that's really what this series is all about here that we are embarking on here as we begin August and uh, we run in through the rest of the summer and into the fall. We need to take courage. Now, there was another guy in the Bible that you probably recall who went through some loss. And this is a guy that you find back in 2 Samuel. And it's the guy known as King David. And he and his wife had a little baby boy and David loved that boy. And the boy got very sick, his son very sick, and was dying. And David laid himself down on the ground at home, and he began to pray. Wouldn't leave his bedside. And he wouldn't eat, he wouldn't sleep, he wouldn't go take a shower or a shave or a bath or do any business. He just prayed, God save my baby. God save my baby. God, my desire is for this baby to live. And I don't know the purpose and the plan. I don't understand what's going to happen. I don't know the future. All I know here is my desire. God, save my baby. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. But you know what? The baby ended up dying. And when David's advisors came to tell him that his son had passed, they were really worried because they knew how horrible he was just experiencing life and how really agitated and concerned he was but they went ahead and they said uh, king your son has died but you know what david did he got up he dusted himself off he went home he took a shower he shaved he put on clean clothes he ate for the first time in days he went back to work and the advisors were amazed and they said well we don't get it 
you were so distraught, you were so delirious with pain, but now you're going on with the rest of your life. David said something very, very profound, did he not? There in 2 Samuel, he said, my child will never return to me, but one day I will return to my child in heaven. He will not come back to me, but I will go to him one day. And the chapter kind of closes. It's over. I did the best I could. I offered all that I could. And I did what I thought was best, but it's over. I'm going on and I'm going to face the future with courage. Listen to Job chapter 11. Put your heart right, Job. Reach out to God. Put away evil and wrong from your home and then face the world again firm and courageous. You know, too often we try to use God to change our circumstances while God is using our circumstances to change us. And I'm going to invite you today to tell God all about whatever you're going through, to trash the bitterness, the resentment out of your life, and to begin to trust God, even though the way seems tough, but to rely upon God and to take courage and to be faithful as you serve. Shall we pray? Almighty God, we thank you so very much for your love and grace for us. We ask you, God, for your peace that passes all understanding to be upon the hearts of your people, for we know these are challenging days. So many things that seem to threaten us, job loss, relationship breakups. Lord, give us courage today. Give us strength to continue to live for you and to be faithful. Lord, help us deal with the resentment and let it go. Help us, Lord, to heal and to move forward. May we have your peace today, O God, and may you hear our prayers all of the negative emotions in our life that we just want to call out why. Oh, Lord, answer us today with your presence. Give us your joy once more. For we pray this in the name of the one who has conquered, the one who gives us hope, Jesus Christ. Amen.